Sometimes you might feel trapped between the right and the left. No one listens when you say taxation is theft. But there's a place where people know harsh government brings tears. So grab some blue and Adrena Let's make the timeline weird. Friends against government. Friends against government. that challenge she i i basically fucked the female version of you oh hell yeah (laughs) she's got the the exact same quaff yeah (laughs) i would love that well she was she was like rubber gloves i had i had i i I messed around with a girl who had better dudes hair than me (laughs) she was like a junior executive at like a fucking insurance company around with uh, a homeless podcaster i have no i had no i was like living with my like I, I crash landed at my parents when I get out of the navy. We have an honest moment here in front of you and me and nobody else listening. Of course. <laughs> yeah, of are, course. Are you are you packing heat? What is the deal? What is the? <laughs> I I don't know, but what like you, I I, I no because even she she told me afterwards she was like she was like I knew you'd be a good lady I could just tell or something like that and I was like how the fuck could you tell? Because I'm from Massachusetts. Because <laughs> I've been divorced. Like all right. <laughs> Yeah, because, clearly, yeah. because you've lived under a bridge for two years, so I know that I'm not a desperate mindset. Yeah, you'll get in there and just be like a wombat. I was raised in a very dichotomous Irish Catholic culture. Yeah, clearly that means I'm fucking real good. No, no, I just want to, by the way, testify to the fact that Aaron chose not to confirm that he had a large package, and that Drop doesn't it. mean he- just take a quick pick. Drop it in the DMs. Yeah, I know. Bro. Yeah. Come on. Uh, that, that could be the final way that I get banned from Twitter. Oh, yeah. Actually, I don't even think I would do it anymore. DMs with your two guy friends. Maybe if I like <laughs> painted my dick black, then maybe be racist. And... Can I just say that if you do ever want to go out on Twitter, I, and I would literally hold you to zero repercussions on this mm-hmm. podcast for it. If you ever want to go out on Twitter, if you threw a DP up there, Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That would be a great way to go. But, you know, it's got to be, it's got to be. Complete... I don't even think, I don't even think they would ban me, though. Yeah. Because I don't think anybody would report it. They'd probably just Here's laugh. We have to report it. We have to report it because yeah. it's you going out on purpose. Can I tell you about the greatest dick pickup I've ever seen in my life? <laughs> please, <laughs> please do. So I was watching the news. This is back when I lived in Denver. And you can look up this, <laughs> you can look up this shit on, I think on YouTube. But. They were doing this shit like every year in Denver, like after the first big snow, they'll be like, oh, send us all your all your pics of your like, you know, your yard. And shit. <laughs> so yes. I'm, there, I'm there in the morning. I'm just drinking my coffee. It's like a Wednesday morning or something like that. You know, like 6 a.m. I'm just drink, sipping my coffee, sipping my coffee, watching the news. And, uh, you know, they're going through and, it's you know, the hosts are just oh so delighted to be looking through snow pictures and everybody's yard and like a fucking bird in a bird feeder, like with a little bit of snow on his wings and shit. And all of a sudden, this, like this dude had sent in a picture of his dick, but it was just casually dangling out of the front of his jeans that he had unzipped. <laughs> <laughs> and it catch it completely blindsides them. And the, <laughs> the host, dude, it's almost something that you should look up now. I'm sure I could find it and drop it in the DMs. It is the funniest thing. Like I spit my coffee. I was like crying. I had a buddy that used to have one of his balls hanging out in like the the pictures of like him in his dress uniform, like with fucking other like all like other navy people. Oh, it would be like a it would be like at, at the fucking uh the ball or whatever, like a dance or a fucking holiday party, and he'd just have his ball hanging out. Jesus. Like I'm that. I'm looking this thing up and I'm gonna drop it in the it is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> remember the he will not divide us thing yes uh, Shia, so LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf back in 2017 maybe it was um, this was ancient history 
heard in mid-college. <laughs> um, we had gone down to um, the video feed that was being broadcast to the internet um, uh, at, it was at the Museum of the, Mu- the Moving Image. And it was Shia LaBeouf's little video feed that would go out to the website. And it was just, I don't know what the fuck it was supposed to be for. But we went down there uh, and we, ho- first of all, I don't know if you guys remember 2017, but what a what a bag of mental disorders 2017 was. But not the bag. Not the bag, a bag for sure. We go down there and there is a man who is, I don't know, maybe homeless, maybe not homeless. He is rifling through disconnected loose leaf pages muttering at the camera and i'm going what the fuck are we about to get ourselves into and there's other people around but this this guy is like in a very intense almost you know like 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 stoic state like he like he's frozen in position rifling through these pages other like with one hand and not moving otherwise and just like like a, almost like a monk, he's just reciting the words on this page. And it was like a manifesto on anti-racism and shit like that. But it wasn't normal. It was almost like it was written by that AI that I've been playing around with. It was kind of slightly, <laughs> slightly demented. It was, only, it was a little off. Right? It, like there were a few things like, you know, only things we would encounter, say, on perhaps a particular website where a particular group of uh, right-leaning capitalist sympathetics would say things like FEMA camps uh, and things like that. So this guy, which, and which by the way, fucking love all that. Probably true. Probably true. This guy is going really echoing a lot of those sentiments, by the way, fellas. So leftists, if you're, if if they're in on FEMA camps, just so you know. Awesome. Hell yeah. Welcome aboard. He's reading through these things, talking about how, you know, Donald Trump is kidnapping transgender people and throwing them in FEMA camps. and And so he's doing all that. And then at one point or another, at one point or another, somebody runs in and interrupts him and yells dicks out for Harambe. <laughs> okay. Right? The rallying cry. This guy throws these pages down and he's about to fucking square up. Oh, like, mama. He was ready to go, oh, this is a joke to you, right? <laughs> so I don't, we, we were like, something's about to happen. And it didn't. It cool, everything cooled off all of a sudden. Like, like in this people, eventually they cool it off. The guy picks up his fucking pages. And like, the best part is he continued doing what he was doing, but the pages were almost strewn across the ground. Not, not dramatically. So like he kind of, yeah, they were, they were down the, there and he, sco- and in one motion scoops them back up, returns into the position he was in and begins reading again. Jeez. And I'm not sure. <laughs> If, if he was reading the same page that he was reading when he put the things down. Wow. Well, I'm not sure if, I'm not sure what was quite going on. Uh, if it was just, he was simply reading pages as like a matrix where when you finished one page, you go to the next. If you mi- fuck up, just keep going. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> it's all just no, words on a page anyway. Who cares? <laughs> I have no idea what the why what the deal was with that but that was frightening and it reminds me a lot of 2020 by the way but <laughs> yeah it does uh, it's particularly frightening uh, well you I, guys uh, will you guys watch this video that i dropped in the dm thing because there's a couple things that i just want to talk about oh absolutely i'd love to watch the video that's in the dm thing i will oh no <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. hold on okay hold on oh it's only 15 seconds long all yeah. right ladies hold me to this if i forget to do it uh in the description of this episode hold me to it on the twitter post uh i will or car you can do this as well post this link it's a great great title uh if you want to search it up on youtube it's denver's fox 31 <laughs> uh it's so good denver's denver's fox 31 clips of dick on live news. yeah they did not like that it's the name of the, it's a 15 second video. I'm going to watch it now and I'll use the time to insert the audio for the clip if there even is any audio. Let me check it out. Okay. 
So the first thing is that I totally misremembered about the snow pictures. It's some other random bullshit, but they're basically in an unfiltered way. We're going and scrolling through social media, which is basically like just playing Russian roulette when you're on live TV. So here, listeners together, we'll we'll go through the 15 seconds together. I'll narrate it. I just started it. They're talking about the tower, how beautiful it is. Then the Edward Scissorhands comes up, picture of a burrito, dick. <laughs> and then they pull it. Uh, and then they pull it. And he goes, Man, that's uh that was a dick. That was a dick on live. <laughs> the the women are horrified. There's, it's like, all right, unfortunately there is no um there's no podcast equivalent of this, but if we were doing live feed, right? Uh and, and we were gonna get so fucking fired for this. Yeah. <laughs> if we if we don't, this is the problem. Is if you don't say the right words, you're gonna get so fucking fired. Right. So, fired. so if it's straight up, if a well, if a big old honk gets thrown up on screen, right? Like we're scrolling. I don't know. Picture of um, oh, the Pope was in Reno, Nevada today. Picture Pope. Picture the food. P- fucking dick big big old dick comes out right? i think you just gotta crush through it and just be like well yep. there's a or or point out something else like well interesting black pants there okay and then <laughs> but the but the but, but the but the but the presentation of the 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 dick is what i it, it's can you put yourself in the mindset of that guy like it's That's not like a stock photo of a dick it looks a, like it looks like he thought about it for one and a half seconds. He was just like, oh, "I'm going to do this right now," and then just did it. It's a pig. Okay, so for the listeners who haven't looked it up, can't look it up. Picture of about a. It's a solid Wong, solid, yeah. really solid, and it's and he's wearing dress pants. It looks like and a dress shirt, yep. and it's just solid. You know, honkers out. And I have to say, um, men probably are. I guess women are pretty intimately familiar with dick pics too, but in a different way. Men are pretty intimately familiar with the dick pic setup. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You, ha- you know, what angles are good and what angles are not good. You know, the classic things like that. The, the angle that this was taken at was clearly not professional. No, not no regard. It looks like he thought about it, like I said, about for about a second and then just, yeah. just whipped it out and, and just took a picture and just sent it into the news. Dick pics where the dick is out but full clothing otherwise hilarious yes oh my god and it will never not be funny it's the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life it's literally like i'm so, like a, like a, you got a, like a, someone's large nose is hanging out of <laughs> it, it literally it looks like an elephant's nose and two elephant legs it's fucking oh ridiculous. my god it is it is probably the funniest dp setup yeah so i anyway i saw that live that was a long time ago that was like five or six yeah. years ago but, Man, that is that is legendary. Just having a oh, boy, it buoyed my day. I mean, there's no there's no way you're gonna have a bad day after that. Now, and the hilarious part is now it was Denver your longest place of residence, or did you uh, get lucky? <laughs> or, or did what? Did you just get lucky? Like, was it you? My my short time in Denver was no, memorable. No, no, yeah, I lived there for a while, so yeah, it I mean, wasn't that was that. An investment. So it took a while in Denver. Put in some time. Just by the odds, you were bound to see one on the news. Yeah, sure, right, yeah. A great Ugh, thing about living in New York City is that our local news station, uh, New York One, which is actually pretty like low, but bu- it's a great channel because it's really low budget. It reminds me of something, you know, that's still very much caught in the early 2000s. It, okay. You know, the, the music they play, like they play like beach music, like da da da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The real like campy, cheesy oh, shit. Yeah, I like that awesome. Yeah, it's great. So they, the great thing about them is that they're local people, so they just go around, they film local events and stuff. So you get to see these fantastic New York characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like, literally, there is no... Like, if you like Slice of Life, which car you do. Oh, and you of love course. Car, sure. I so recommend that on uh, anybody's trip to New York, just kind of turn on New York 1 and wait for, you know... Local uh, resident Michael D'Angelo, whatever it is, and it's like you know, if my fucking pipe burst the other day, and I still- <laughs> it, is, it is, it's ab- it's an absolute gem. It's just such a gem. I love local TV. Yeah. So. Oh, me too. Ah, uh, it is. It's be it's- because it's all for that. It's because you just hear these yeah. insane stories, and a lot of and and for whatever reason, even though, really, for me living in Fort Worth, New Dallas might as well be New York, you know, in terms of like, I'm just never over there. But at the same time, there is something about more people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But there's something about the locality where you're like, that happened 
45 minutes from my house. Like I could drive there right now if I, if I, if I wanted to like that, that maniac lives really close to me. Yep. Yeah, man. It is. I, 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 it would be in another life. I would love to be a news guy. Oh my God, man. Yeah. Straight up in the van news guy who goes around in New York city specifically. I mean, I'm sure every city has its characters, but something's in the water, right? Like, I mean, you would look at that person and go, you're acting. That's an act what you're doing. But it's so not an act. <laughs> it's, it's so genuine. It's so good. And, and actually, I was watching a documentary, <clears throat> um, Whitey Bulger versus the United States or something like that. Oh, yeah. and, I'm looking at, and I'm looking at you, Aaron. That's like a, the na- that should be the name of that dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> Whitey Bulger versus Denver News Team. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, no girl in Southie is going hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it reminds me, Boston is another one of those places. It is. We have our fair share of like interviews that have to get cut short. (laughs) (laughs) The cut short interview is such a staple of a solid like news population. You know what fucks me up? I was interviewed once. Oh my God. I was interviewed once for the local Fox channel. Okay. Was it right after when it was when you were leaving an Olive Garden? No, yeah, right. <laughs> no, there was a there was a car accident that happened and literally I happened to become this is hilarious. I happened to be coming out of a driving lesson on the very block where the car accident happened. Car accident happened while I was inside of the place, you know, giving back you know, talking to the guy about what the next step was. And so I came back and I got out. And the team was there and they were like, sir, could you want to give us any thoughts about, you know, this particular area, uh, about, about the traffic situation here? You know, this isn't the first deadly crash. I don't know if it was deadly, whatever. There's been deadly crashes in this exact spot before. And so I was like, ah, oh, you know, I remember like, as if I'm, and I'm and I think I was 19 years old at the time. And I'm, 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 I'm opining. I'm opining like I'm a fucking 45 year old man who's lived in this area for his whole life. God, I gotta uh, see a flip clip of this. Man, you know, the problem, yeah, I, the, I can't find it. I've tried, believe me. Really? The problem is, you know, there's only one light at the intersection and it doesn't really go down the main boulevard. And, you know, when, of course, because I'm talking to another New Yorker on and trying to be on it television setting i'm fucking you know a little bit of you know things coming out of my mouth <laughs> don't normally happen like, i think that they ended up putting him yeah the, you know the traffic is just crazy here and that was it <laughs> it, was like, it was like that scene that's there's a scene from it's always sunny that is literally yes that. yes yes exactly and, and i and that scene came out before this event happened i believe and, mm. and you know and then i was thinking about it after i saw it you know, replayed because I did catch it live. Um, and it was like, I was looking around just like, just like Mac. I was like, I, I said so much more. Yeah. I, He's like, yeah, guys, I went off. I went off. <laughs> like, I, isn't that what they're saying? Like in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I fucking talked about, you know, how there was been accidents in the area before. And it was like, man, she's crazy over here. And it's just, <laughs> just goes together and cuts back to the news team. Jesus. Always had a bad relationship with the media ever since. Yeah. But the point being, <laughs> if I was one of those news guys, I would be getting some incredibly interesting stuff because I, for some reason, encounter these very interesting people all the time. And I don't understand why there isn't more of that on television. That would I, make like, for great TV. That's for sure. Day, I saw a guy, and again, I'm not sure if these people are homeless or not. I don't know because coronavirus, heroin addictions, I don't know what the deal is. Just the other day, I was walking from someone's house to my house, and I saw a guy who was juggling, and he didn't have any shoes or socks on, and he was juggling his shoes and socks. <laughs> and wow. Huh. I passed him, and I was like, okay, that's great. And I kept going, and I was just like, I want to talk to that guy, interview that guy. What? Why, sir? What are you doing? You're, you're, he's sitting at a bus stop, juggling his shoes and socks. What is that? I don't know what to tell you, man. The I've only got... people I ever encounter in the city are like miserable older oh, heroin yeah. addicts that have like yeah. something to say about me. Like as I walk by, it was sad. I wasn't funny. It was well, maybe like... that was just the first part of the intimidation. He was getting your guard down. <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. I have no idea. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's juggling knives. 
he might be have been have yeah been his friend his friend from a back alley comes around juggling knives and fucking wild. rolls you for your shoes and socks yeah wild just you gotta today, watch out for it just today i walked through the cemetery i saw a fucking squirrel get dived on wild absolutely wild oh i love um, that yeah isn't it crazy to see a falcon just do what it's supposed to do in nature uh saw that humbled um blessed. bless up bless <laughs> up bless, bless up yeah wild man <clears throat> do we have some obligation to uh cover this uh fedex shooter um not i know before. nothing about it yeah okay. no, no did we just get back to the dig pics <laughs> <laughs> so what let's exchange information here. okay so from what i understand it was a man who was disguised as a fedex employee goes to shoot either a judge or the judge's son and ends up shooting the judge's son as well as the judge's husband, mm-hmm. the judge's woman named something Beatty or something like Salas. that. Salas. Salas. Is that the last name? Yeah. Okay. Judge Salas. <clears throat> and then, and then it's, uh, she happens to be involved in a prosecution of a Deutsche Bank. Is that what it is? Yeah. Deutsche Bank. Yeah. So it's Deutsche Bank and it's, it's not, anything to do with Jeffrey Epstein directly, right? It's a tangential. I I think, I think it lies somewhere between direct and tangential. I wouldn't quite say tangential and I I certainly wouldn't say direct, but I think it's more direct than, than tangential. Our our lack of surety surely means we should continue to opine about this. Mm -hmm. And so what I believe uh, is that uh, Deutsche Bank hired the FedEx driver to kill other members of the judge's family as so as to intimidate the judge. Uh, and then, you know, and, and that you know, it would be a, you know, it'd be a funny twist bird. What if that, that actually was a FedEx driver and they hired a FedEx driver? Well, I mean, honestly, and you know, it's funny. My father <laughs> joked about that very thing saying it's hard enough to be a postal worker to begin with. So it wouldn't be that hard to convince one of them to go and kill a judge. Okay, that's fair. Which yeah, is, is a reasonable thing that a human being said to me mm-hmm. that I don't believe necessarily. <laughs> necessarily, um, I, I don't know, man. Is it weird? It is, right? Yeah. But but <laughs> how, how weird really is it that Deutsche Bank is going out and publicly over the past? Uh, because uh, I mean, Deutsche Bank did this, obviously, right? Because we're, sure, we're set yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, Deutsche Bank did this. I'll buy okay, it. Cool. So we're going to allege, of course, in an ironic fashion, because we don't want to get sued. Um, we will allege for the purposes of the joke that Deutsche Bank hired somebody to kill uh, this judge's family members, and it probably like worked uh, in as far as the intimidation part, right? Got to Do imagine. Right, because now, now well, something- I bet it works on a couple levels. Because <clears throat> there is something scarier about a FedEx driver coming and shooting at you than like a masked gunman coming and shooting at you. Because then that that steep that seats that element of fear of like Absolutely. what other service industry dude is going to come shooting at me. Uh, uh, yes, uh, the Kaczynski method. Yes, mm. yes, true, truly. What are you guys' thoughts on uh? The feds black siding people in like Portland and Minneapolis. Yeah, it's looking crazy, man. I um I will tell you off air more because you know that is like I so I messaged I was talking to Lee and Lock Press because Lee I don't know how open he is about his I I'm sure he's said this before he's a veteran so I I went and asked him a bunch of questions about what they were doing because this is Bortac obviously well he told me it was Bortac. I realized it was people using military tactics. Um, he, he told me it was Bortac border tactics that came out like a few minutes after he told me that. And like, it is. So I, so I, you know, this, he, even he cautioned me. He said, like, I know you guys are probably going to talk about this. Be very careful what you say, because if I recall correctly, at least, well, this is, he didn't say this directly, but this is now what I'm thinking. If I recall correctly, uh, at least two members of this show are within a hundred miles of the Bortac jurisdiction yeah. one. Right. Hmm. Uh, and so we should be quite careful about how we speak when there's literally secret police going around and disappearing people. Um, but yeah, it is an absolute national tragedy. Uh, it's a disaster. Uh, I can't imagine. And again, this is where I should probably watch my tongue, but I can't imagine that people haven't started shooting back yet. 
Um, and I don't, I don't know where this goes. Uh, apparently Lee was, Lee was far less surprised than I was. Um, so if that's any indication to what, I don't know anything. And now Aaron, what do you think? Because I'm sure you have far more of a connection to this than I do. Um, no, not really. I, I am completely this, apathetic this, towards the whole thing. The, even though you were in the military, this is completely foreign to you. I mean, Navy too, right? Like, I mean, we, I mean, they, we have our own, like, you know, we got special forces and all that crap, but that's like, yeah. you know, we can, anybody from the Navy can volunteer to be attached to, um, a branch, a, a different branch of the military or the DHS, as long as there's like an opening for it. Like, um, for instance, if, if you're like, a if you're in logistics, then you can go and be logistics for the air force, like on a, uh, like on a, you know, on a tour. Right. Um, so what I imagine this to be is they, it's like a, you know, if you ever watch the wire where they, just where they just take people from departments and build like a a special task force. Yeah. Like a task force type deal. Well, that's basically what Lee was telling me was this is a lot of, of, first of all, former veterans and like high, like high, what, I don't know what the, I don't know how military, military guys have this whole set of language. That's incredibly intimidating if you're not a part (laughs) of it. You just have to sit back while they go, oh man, do T9 or 1286. And you're like, okay guys, got it. Uh, But they, I don't know what you call them, but like Lee was basically telling me more or less these were the the capital letters, the guys, you know, these were the the motherfuckers that we always talk about. And I don't, I don't know if it's active duty military. It's probably. No, he said it was mostly former military and SWAT guys. Yeah. And DHS, I'm sure. And probably some other volunteers like uh, cream of the crop volunteers from other agencies. We sh- I'm going to obligate this publicly, but car, maybe I could assign you this or somebody, maybe I'll do it. I'm going to get Pat on. Oh yeah. 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 I can, yeah. I can definitely reach out to Pat. Absolutely. Pat's wheelhouse for sure. Well, I don't know if it is. I'm not going to obligate him to that, but I, I, maybe he knows a little bit about it, but yeah, it's crazy. So then Aaron, I guess as a civilian, what do you think? Um, I'm completely apathetic. I mean, really? I'm apathetic. See, now this is a thing that I've seen and I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but I'm, I'm jumping to the conclusion here because I've been a little frustrated by it. And I, maybe your perspective could help figure it out. There's been an apathy on lower right toward a lot of this Mm -hmm. because it's, you know, it's not lower lefts doing this. It's about center lefts doing this. It's just kind of rabid leftists. Yeah in a lot of the troublemaking when woke progs are being taken into a van i just think of like what they like every response to like oh what do you think about waco what do you think about um ruby ridge what do you think about like any any pet pet issue that the lower right has my question is because obviously i don't have to tell you you're contributing to that cycle if you do this you know that but Mm -hmm. the question is like what it want? What, what's the consideration for the, what? Why? Like, well, I, I mean, I don't. Uh, let me let me preface this. I don't encourage it. I don't like it. No, absolutely not. No. And actually, what I mean to be asking is, how far does your apathy extend? Because we know that, and I, everybody does this, and I hate to do this, but there is a famous quote that goes, "They came for the blank, and I went." And yeah. I was, oh, oh yeah, I've thought about that too. So really, I know you have, and I'm sure a lot of people have, but, but I haven't had to ask anybody else. So I'm um, going to ask you. Eric July put it in a good way. It's like watching two rival gangs beef in the street. And what are you going to do? How are you supposed to think about two rival gangs killing each other? I don't care. Like, I, I kind of hope they kill each other. Like, they and won't. then, yeah. no, they, they won't. won't. One gang will is vastly more powerful than yes, the other. Yes. Yes. That's, but that's precisely where that analysis to me is, is a stretch of imagination because it is not, them killing one another it is very distinctly one group with a massive power advantage over the other Mm -hmm. and 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 listen they're bad people but we extend courtesy to lots of groups of bad people in the face of the state at least i do I, I mean, there are criminals who did what they did, who I go, there's no reason that motherfucker should be in a cage. It should have been solved a different way. Yeah. An actual thief, for instance. So we, we do extend that thought to 
bad people because I guess we believe they can become good, right? Or something like that. I, I don't know. That's why I do. I, but I don't know. I, how, I don't... How far does that apathy go when anarchists switches back to militia men when Joe Biden comes into the presidency? Yeah, I'm, I would be completely apathetic about that as well. I'm yeah, I'm straight. I'm I'm pretty with Aaron too. So are we taking the agorist line fully? We're not. We're not grouping with groups that want to do things in a mediatory way, whether it be Bundy Ranch people or Chaz leftists. We're not no, doing it's, that. It's not necessarily that. It's just that this is gonna. Ha- you know, it's it, my mine is more of like a, a a consequentialist thing. It's like this is this was the battle that was always going to be fought, and these are the opening stages, and hopefully, it's more peaceful than it is anything else. But kind of so to, do to look, how do we look at them because they play an essential role in the environment. What do you mean? Who, look at who? How do we look at the the weaker and I'm and again and I actually and I want to stop myself because I said militias and Bundy guys and, and equated that with bad people. I don't. That's that bad. Do you mean generally mind. like kind of like the communist wing that's doing all that's, that's? I don't want to use I don't want to use Marxist terminology on a yeah. program where most Marxists. I mean, people don't know Marxist terminology, but they're called subaltern. They're people who are who exist on the periphery of mainstream society. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily demonize them like the like a lot of people do. I, I, but, but I, I don't think Aaron did either. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, and I, and I definitely, I definitely feel for him. But, yeah, um, but you they're know. not, they're not disappearing like you know, hardcore Marxist Leninists or Ancoms. They're disappearing like woke progs i mean i don't yeah but, but isn't that scary yeah, yeah it's really. terrifying oh it's terrifying to me yeah absolutely but i mean it's not, but the, the the it's this event this event i i said i was gonna say this event is like in a lot of ways you know we've already i i this has been happening you know the, it's it, chicago had a secret jail yeah yeah we've like, we've had black sites this isn't necessarily all that like revolutionary it's, and where it's were the woke progs then there was yeah one or two talking about it and the libertarians and libertarians and even and my, left anarchists were fucking up in arms about it. And my issue isn't, isn't necessarily like retribution for them. Not, not, uh, you know, it only being us talking about it, but, um, mine is just that this isn't new. This has been going on for, for a long time. It's Absolutely. always been bad. And, but, but it's the issue with me is to me, something that isn't new is more frightening than something that is. Mm, okay. That this is now that because and I was watching an incredible and I really recommend it's because it's free right now on YouTube. Everybody go watch this movie. It's called I Am Not Your Negro. It is a book that was written by James Baldwin uh, and it follows basically what what he felt about the relationship between the civil rights movement and the deaths of civil rights leaders as the movement continued. Malcolm X gets killed. You know, Martin gets killed, all this. And and they showed some images uh, he was basically, they showed these images of the Rodney King beating. They showed the images of all the civil rights protests, all the cops bashing people over the head, whatever. Right. Um, they showed juxtaposed images of that with Ferguson in 2014. I encourage you, please go look at a juxtaposition of what it looked like during the civil rights movement and today. And the reason why I say that is the, the not new thing that we, you know, kind of said, yeah, that's happening. And I'm not saying anybody here particularly said police brutality was one of those things we're apathetic towards. But I'm saying people do forget about stuff that isn't new. I encourage you to go and look at the juxtaposition because you will see a very different kind of police officer in Ferguson. Mm. Okay. Yep. When, when you look at the civil rights movement, these were still collared shirts with batons. Not one gun got pulled out. Batons, water gun. And now, you know, you go... That's still horrible. Of course it is. But they had shotguns back then. They had guns that went pew, pew, pew very quickly back then. They have them today. They had body armor back then. They have them today. The fact that the thing isn't new is precisely what habituates us into allowing the more new things to come that we don't see because they're hard to notice until Ferguson happens and we go, Holy fuck. These people are basically military. Yeah. They have the Posse Comitatus Act is dead. It's fucking gone, bro. Yeah. It is absolutely gone and dead. And everybody go and read Radley Balco's book because that book slaps still to this day. Mm-hmm. But it's that is my issue with 
and Aaron, I want to tackle yours, your thing second, because it still confuses me a little bit. But that is car. I think the only thing I would say to that is well, real the quick. Apathy, get it completely because it's fucking exhausting. But I would at least like to defend why I don't feel apathetic yet. I, I, I OK, I, I definitely hear you. I think I guess I would I would say that when I say this isn't new, my my this isn't new comment is more dedicated towards the trajectory rather than it is the static state, you know, like we've always been on this path and we're going to be on this path until this thing breaks down. Like it, that's, that's not new. And I, you know what? And I sadly completely agree with you. Um, and that's kind of why I, I think the means that we've taken as an approach, which car you've inspired me to take, which this community has inspired me to take really like gray marketeering and black marketeering and separation are the only way that you're going to be able to live an image of what you think is probably going to be a better society for you. Yeah, just avoidance first and foremost. And in my little attempt to write this book, which is not going to be published for a very long time, but maybe I'll get some ideas out of it in the meanwhile, I have stumbled into that wall too, is it, it more or less seems that if your activism is not strictly and distinctly absolutist, and separatory you're not going to i mean it's temporary it's not going to work it's it's a the trajectory is gravity and you're fighting it and you're only way that you can fight gravity is with fuel because we should still be police abolitionists and such like that which we are absolutely but in the context of you know what's going on right now with you know people getting thrown into unmarked vans by the police people that we hate and that and that hate us um, so and that scares the shit out of you, right? Cause Carr said it scared the shit out of him. Um, yeah, I mean, but like Carr said, it's, it's been happening. So I'm not, I'm not more terrified than I was well, before. I mean, I it, saw hasn't, it. it hasn't been happening to you. <laughs> no, it hasn't. Yeah. Not yet. I, I, and you know, to, to your point, that quote, you know, first they came for the socialists, but I wasn't a socialist and all that. Because you know, these are not Nazis, whether we like to put it one way or another, it's, we still have a little ways to go, but man if we don't stop it how far are we from getting there um we're an election away from it oh yeah it's probably still it might still continue they might start rounding up like you know groypers or fucking trad cats or whatever Uh, hey man i'll die a martyr i don't care (laughs) whatever i don't have anything yeah that that puts your christian duty to the test (laughs) yeah right um I don't know, but man. I just so let me ask you: Can I pick your brains about the cyclical nature of it? So your apathy, which is directed at towards them, would you say that it is directly correlative with their apathy when it's directed towards you? Yeah, I would say that. Okay, and so okay, because that you can't get out of that. So that's it. I'm. I was just curious. So you recognize the repercussions of that and the benefits of that? I'm sure. Yeah, because there will never come a time where we can align ourselves with progressives like there just isn't they will always hate us no matter what we and we can we can prostrate ourselves to them all all we want and i could go on twitter right now and retweet everybody that's fucking like very upset about this and what is it going to get me nothing or i shouldn't say what is it going to get me what is it going to get us as liberty-minded people or liberty twitter i don't even know if i would call myself that. I mean, I, I guess I am tangentially connected to it. And the other question is at, at what, and this is a serious question and I can always mute this out. If you feel like you're going to be implicating yourself in anything, uh, what does it take for you to do something about it? Um, when it, I guess when it happens to my, my friends, my neighbors, my community, Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I have a very yeah, local perspective I mean, because there's I mean, I, I, yeah. there's, yeah, there's nothing, nothing I can do to help right. people in Portland except yeah. I, I mean I don't think tweeting is helping I don't think I don't consider that activism I don't consider that anything Not really. really. No, tweeting tweeting um, is a very effective means of transferring ideology, but if the person you're transferring ideology to is not willing to go outside of Twitter to continue to learn it, yeah, it's useless. So yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, you have your friends, your family, your neighbors, your community, and. That's about as far as I would ex- extend it as well. And I, I think that's about as far as anybody would extend it. And you are absolutely correct that not one of those leftists will ever lift a finger if somebody that they perceive to be like, a, I don't know, I was going to say three percenters, but those people aren't actually, you know, they'll never actually get into trouble because they're cowards, most of them. Yeah. But uh, uh, 
the actual people who go out and do militia work and fucking go and <laughs> when someone's getting red flagged, they go and help. Like those guys, maybe that's closer. Yeah, and they'll never go and help. Leftists will never go and help those situations, and 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 so it is a mutual apathy, unfortunately by nature, and that's un- and it is unfortunate because the state is able to conjure in something which is which can unite otherwise apathetic people, and we do not have that, and it is by the very nature of what we believe that we can't, and that is another thing I ran into that's really difficult for you know we we started this because. Like, I don't super consider myself a libertarian anymore these days. I do in my inflection towards liberty, but I, I don't in the American sense of it. Yeah. But I still have a huge amount of affinity for that belief system in general. And those people are my people. And um, it really, it, it is, it, it's just, there will never be a way to uh, unite those disparate no. groups in the way that nationalism does, for instance, yeah. or race could in for instance or religion does for instance uh, you know or the state does yeah in in certain contexts yeah i mean uh, even now like for nationalism religion i mean those are more to the right side of the spectrum and you'd be surprised astrology is a religion too my friend and you would be surprised how much it unites and divides people yeah but <laughs> you know are they going to march in the street oh uh, yeah and that would be one wild march <laughs> yeah brother yeah, brother, leftists march all the time, and they got a hell bunch of religions that they march for. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Everybody's religious. Yeah, but, I mean, they they haven't exactly, like, broken through the suburbs and major cities, yeah, which is to be expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you hear, speaking of breaking into the suburbs, did you hear that those two individuals... Um, the man who brandished, uh, I don't want to use those words because it is, it's, I'm, I'm alleging, the man and woman who came out with the two guns and pointed them at the protesters, or yeah. they're getting charged. Did yeah. you see this? Yeah, I did see that. What do you, what do you, uh, I was really interested to hear your opinion on this, Aaron. What do you think about that? Um, they're probably, I mean, at the very least, they're going to be barred from owning firearms legally. Do you think there was anything, um, particularly wrong with how what they did or how they did it oh yeah i mean they're they're definitely idiots like they they really? they probably okay. don't There's so many people in the comments who are like oh this is so stupid and unjust you know what i mean i so i, I didn't know. oh yeah i mean i i don't agree that they should have been charged i don't think that they should have their firearms taken away they didn't you believe that they brandished those weapons i mean what you saw did it appear to be brandished? it, it was just happened? very clear that they didn't know what they were doing like they they mm-hmm. probably don't have I mean, that guy probably doesn't go to the range that much. He probably doesn't. He probably took a class one time and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That one. <laughs> the woman cracks me up because she's got the gun out and she's got the uh, the other hand. Yeah. Sassy. You know, she's all sassy with the <laughs> with the hand on the side. Yeah. But she's pointing the gun like, I'll shoot your head, motherfucker. But she's like very glamorous about it. <laughs> no, I, I was actually oh. encouraged by, uh, you know, I, I don't think they did it in the best way they could have but i mean if you go to the suburb people are fucking armed it's not like the city it is it is it is and this is another one of those cyclical things that lefties and righties and actually the the righties got this to a t that the lefties go we can't capitulate unless they capitulate and therefore there will never be a continuation but you can't capitulate on the thing this is the gun rights thing the gun ownership thing Mm -hmm. that i cannot stand leftists and and by the way marxists will never you'll never see a real marxist doing this because they fucking know they gotta have guns to do Mm -hmm. what they want to do it's these fucking softy inner city liberal progressives that you're talking about yeah that that we can't align with that it frustrates me to no end i i have more love for marxists like actual marxist leninist tankies than i do for progressives i'd rather i'd be much happier shooting them <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll just I, I, come right out and tell you they want you dead. It frustrates me to no end to see people on the left laughing and or shitting on and or whatever at homeowners coming out of their houses with weaponry to protect their houses. Uh, it is half. You, well, it's veiled as this. Look at these privileged white people in their private communities. Of course, none of these communities are private. These are not private communities at all. 
These are called suburbs with cul-de-sacs. Mm-hmm. They're not private communities, which just tells you how inner city a lot of these people are, which is more of an unfortunate thing than it is a, ha, told you so, because the inner city fucking sucks to live in and the suburbs are awesome. Yeah. So it kind of sucks that there is a lack of experience on that end. But like, guys, you are the ones who are talking about abolishing the police and I'm vaguely on the left and so I'm not a stunad and I know what that implies and it means there has to be community groups with weaponry that go around like the Panthers who make sure that people are protected and they serve people in the community and they're made up of people in the community and guess what they need? Fucking guns. And guess what these people have? Fucking guns. And guess what they are? They're the same thing. They're their community defense because they know, number one, the fucking police aren't coming to them. Yep. And in these all, all these small communities, the, the sheriffs, they don't, most of these places do not have the kind of police presence that the inner cities have. People are, and I can fully admit, because I've been talking to a lot of people outside of the inner cities for a long time being in this community. I, I remember Pete once when he came into the city because he's in Georgia and he's a city guy, like he knows how it is. He was telling me, like, I, I probably don't see a police car for weeks on end mm-hmm. when I'm out, just hanging out, doing my own thing in my area outside of the city. And I'm like, dude, I see dozens, dozens a day, dozens a day. I, I, I will even I could even vow that maybe by the next time we come back here, I will record every day how many times I see them. And people, I think, will be shocked. But, you know, that also contributes to this completely distorted view of defense and security that the inner city has, that it simply is not willing to understand is not sustainable with a police presence. And something that we're not, that's something that a lot of us aren't comfortable talking about, and that's demographics, too. Like, the suburbs are white. Like, they just are. Yeah. They always have been. And to say that, oh, all of my leftist theory, all of my left anarchist theory about community defense and all that goes out the window, depending on demographics. Well, I mean, you're going to have to genocide a lot of people to get rid of that. Right. Or, or you're just going to be encouraging culture-based secession, yeah. which is literally what the yeah. right-wingers are doing. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, is that good or bad? Like, I think everybody can safely say that there are preferences among their communities that they would prefer it's, to it's yet them. another thing i'm apathetic to <laughs> everybody has it i mean some people go i don't care what color your skin is some people go i care what color your skin is but this is a this is a problem we ran into a while ago and it's a problem that the left has got to develop ways to answer that it literally can't because it doesn't understand that guns need to be in the hands of all the civilians Yep. It doesn't make sense. And that's like, that's the like the evolution of Marxism to neo Marxism or proto whatever you want to say it. Like over time, we're in that post colonial intersectionalist yep. mindset that a lot of these people have, which encourages separation, secession, uh, isolation among individual groups, bubbling, all of the things that the right wing inculcates itself with online. Yeah, traditional Marxist class class structure doesn't work now. Like there is no more working class, there's no more bourgeoisie. There's there's no more capitalist and, class. And, and, oh, and this is fantastic. And this is where I can safely say that when you talk about neo-Marxists, what you, what you, you and, and and most people who mean that term, they mean post-colonial theorists mm-hmm. very specifically. Yeah. There is that specific divide is where when I had to move left and I had to start to incorporate Marxism into the way that I think, there's only two ways that you can go. You can either go into post-colonial because it's, or, or you can go into postmodern, and that's it. Yeah. You can either decide that there is a distinct power relation that mirrors what Marx talked about, an oppressor and an oppressee, or you can say power is multifaceted that power can't be found from one source to another and that it must be answered with a similar way in which it exists from a decentralized, uh, habituating means. And these are two very different approaches. And I had to go completely away from the yeah. post-colonial people because they're, to me, they're nuts. They, they, they're doing like Marx 
and my right wingers will probably cringe, and I believe me, I get it, bro, because I believed it for a long time. Marx was a pretty intelligent social theorist. Now, with that in question, none of those theories hold up today in very oh. much the same way none of Darwin's theories do, none of Newton's theories do. But you know who I mean, does? Heigl's. Because there is, there is a dialectic, it's just not the one that they think it is. Well, this is, again, where I depart. I had to move away from the dialectic entirely because of the very same thing. We can't do Marx because his shit is old. I agree with you. Hegel's idea is something you see in real life. But power really is multifaceted, man. There, there really is a panopticon yeah. uh, that we're stuck uh, in the walls of. Um, so that's what I had to do to, to come to terms with the next approach. And I really, I don't know, postmodernists, I don't think there's enough of them to talk about whether or not they like guns, but I know one distinct postmodernist who, man, I would love to be able to have a chat with him one day because he and I see things very distinctly different. But Thad Russell is very pro-gun. Yeah. Another guy who does a lot of postmodern incorporation into his thinking is Cody Wilson, uh, another huge pro-gun guy. I mean, literally the pro-gun guy. Um, so it seems like incorporation of people who like Foucault, Baudrillard, things like that, they seem to be pretty pro-gun. Um, maybe we got to start thinking more like them. I don't know. There seems to be a new approach there. I, I'm not sure the militia thing, and this brings me back to why I originally brought this up, was I'm not sure that the cyclical thing, which you just said, you know, there is a cycle, but it's not the one they think it is. I'm not so sure there is a cycle. And, and that's what I've been trying to come to terms with. I don't know. But but maybe that is precisely why there is an unintelligible whirlpool at the center of that cycle that, hey, I can't capitulate until you do, but you won't until I do, so we never will. Mm -hmm. It might be because you you placed yourself into a whirlpool to begin with. Yeah. And, and so have they. And so have they. And so my consideration is, well, if you know you can't do anything because they can't do anything – well, how about we get out of the whirlpool and we try, try to look at the whole state in a different non-cyclical way? That's been what I've been trying to do. I don't know. That's been the thought. Yeah. There you go. Brain blown. I think we started this episode uh, talking about penises. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Should we close it doing the same? <laughs> I, I do, actually. Yes, I do. So now um, here's a question I was going to ask you. Oh, first of all, I'm very excited. I, I want to say this. So one of my favorite people on Twitter, and he's probably going to blow up, one of my – Fry and Bry, if anybody is yeah. accustomed to the legendary Fry and Bry, uh, Brian Fry, uh, he uh, – I'm having him on, uh, and hopefully we could do it as the R group. And one of the scheduled topics, because me and him got into it in an argument, was – the top 10 hottest presidents. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Okay. So, so, so before we get to dicks, uh, that reminds me, I'm very excited for uh, next week's debate. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to do that. Where, where the two of you, but will be the judges if, if you want oh, to. Oh, we're going to moderate that? Yeah, I love that. Oh. You'll moderate it, and I'll, maybe I'll get somebody else uh, as well. We could do three judges, so there can't be any any ties. I, I'm very serious about this. Yeah, I, I I am very serious about it. Okay, well there we go. Yeah, so got I'm something to look forward to, something to chew on, something to look up with that uh, dick pic video. That's right. Oh yes, and so now I wanted to ask you to that end, the top ten hottest presidents. I wanted to pick your guys' brains for just a just a maybe ten or fifteen more minutes here if we have the time. Uh, who to you are the top three ugliest presidents? Oh, Abraham Lincoln, number one. Oh man, yeah. oh, I was going to ask three to one, but y you both agree it's Abraham Lincoln. So do I. Yeah, yeah, okay, he just so looks I bizarre. So let's get rid of him. Okay. You know, we'll we'll put him in spot zero. If Abe Lincoln is ace in this thing, because my God, he was a deadly ugly man, deadly ugly. Uh, who comes to mind? Can I can I give you my number three? Is it okay? Is yeah, it Taft. It is. It is not Taft. Actually, I'll tell you, Taft. I kind of find to be, you know, even though he's seventeen million pounds, he's stately in, in the face. He's yes, he's a corporeal creature. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he is he is a uh, uh, handsome face. Actually, I remember we used face. to use that as a meme, like just his face. Yes, his face with the with the distortion, like he was on an acid trip. <laughs> 
That's right. So let me give you my number three. Martin Van Buren. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Martin Van Buren, right? That guy is is butt ugly, is he not? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's pretty ugly. Is that guy not butt ugly? So do you guys have a, a number three? Because I could keep going. I don't want to put you on the spot. Maybe some honorable mentions would be helpful. Yeah, I'm just thumbing through here. James or John Quincy Adams. He's, oh, he's got to be up and there. I'll tell you what, and his father was an uggo too. Yeah, that, 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 we'll, we'll count them as one. My God, his, 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 John Adams is an ugly son of a bitch. I don't know. Oh, man, let's see. An- another fucking gonna... fatty, fucking Chester uh-huh. A. Arthur. Oh, my, a, yes. An yeah, absolutely fucking... bulger lad. Yeah. 100%. He's a whale. You know, looks, you know who just looks weird in the face is Eisenhower. Yeah, I. I don't know. He looks Eisenhower, like a grandfather. Who I nickname Big Baby, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He, he does. He looks like a big baby. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. So now let me give you my number two. This is going to surprise some people because it was a little controversial. Even though he's an absolutely monstrous human being, we tried to put all this stuff aside, of course, Mm -hmm. just to talk about what they looked like. For me, number two, ugly, and this was a little controversial to some of the other people I threw this at, Woodrow Wilson. Wilson? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm looking him up because I just want to take him in again. Yeah, his features are weird. He is an absolutely alien human being. He does look a little bit like an alien. He, he, to me, there is, um, why I find him so ugly. Cause, cause, and I've noticed among the gays that were polled, this was a controversial one. So gay, gay gentlemen, you know, you got to start, you, I don't know here. This is a bad choice. I think he, he, to me does not appear to be a, a fully human entity. There's something, Lazarius about him, you know, mm-hmm. very, very reptili- reptilious, Lazardian. <laughs> he he disarms me. He's really creepy. Slu- slug slugulous, even slugulous is at car camp. But I was thinking exactly the word slugulous, and I didn't have the nerve to use it. Oh yeah, well, I'm blasting down boundaries, just like that, <laughs> just just like Whitey Bulger blasted down that zipper. <laughs> okay let me give you number one and now this is the most controversial but it was limited to when he was a president can i just say and and i'm am i doing this only because i believe that this might be on brian's top 10 yes to me richard nixon is the ugliest man who's ever sat in the white house oh, richard I nixon yeah I is absolutely disgusting He's disgusting. Oh, really? You disagree? How strongly do you disagree with? Pretty that strongly, one? but I would like to point out: Would you guys just peek at the period in between and not including Zachary Tyler, Zachary Tyler, and Grant, and just look at that murderer's row of just dogs? Dogs. Let me see. Millard Fillmore, uh, Franklin Pierce, James Buchanan, and then just Lincoln knocking it out of the park. Oh, yeah, and then Andrew Johnson. I definitely think we should treat our listeners to this right now. I think we should go. Well, let's. I'm going to read the names. I want to hear a uh huh, uh uh-uh, uh, or meh, and we just keep going. And that is, is this guy handsome? So, uh, is ugly. Okay, let's do this. Okay. George Washington. Uh. Yeah. Uh. John Adams. Ugh. Uh. Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Uh. James Madison. All right. Uh, really? Oh, man. I'm just looking at this Wikipedia picture. You know, it's for, you know, it's 1809, man. James Monroe. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. yeah. James Monroe is my number two, by the way. Oh, John really? Quincy Adams. Oof, dog. Yeah. yeah. Dog. Andrew Jackson. Fuck dog. yeah. Fucking oh. ugly. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. I Maybe it's just the context because I know that he was like. A straight badass. He he's ugly as a fucking tree. Yeah, he's maybe. Just... <laughs> All right, we gotta we we gotta, we gotta save this. This this is. I feel like this is something that we need to do with a full panel. Do you want to do a full panel of this? Do you want to commit to a full panel of this? Yeah, I think here's what I think we should do. I think we okay. should. I think we should pick out you know top ten, bottom ten, and then discuss with the panel. You mean on on the episode that's upcoming? Yeah, I, I feel like we're just unequipped. And you know what? I, I I am never a man, as I told you from my my 
um, my, 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 my heists of, of, of romanticism. I am not a man, uh, indeed who likes to go in unequipped. Sure. So let's equip ourselves for a, a real competitional episode on the next one where there will be yelling, perhaps shouting. Yeah, probably even, where we I'll will make sure of it. Groaning, <laughs> moaning, even determine who the best and worst presidents are. Calvin Coolidge, watch out, brother, because you are an ugly son of a bitch. It's true. And with that, Edie Howdy, how many hands are on those wheels? Keep two hands on the wheels. Do we, do we go fuck ourselves? Absolutely. Absolutely.